0: to learn it from a layman i am carl christensen i am joined today by johnny dr johnny and uh tim i shake middle schoolers down for their lunch money cocks (laughs) who in case Those of you that listen to us frequently haven't made it to the end of some of our podcasts recently, where we've said that we are now doing uh, YouTube videos as well. So these aren't just uh, audio podcasts, they're also on YouTube. Tim, this is Tim's first um, foray into the uh, digital uh, medium of video. So, uh,
1: as you can see, I went to great lengths to prepare my appearance maximum (laughs) appeal
0: yes yes of course that's why we pay you the big bucks tim
1: that's right all of it
0: (laughs) speaking (laughs) of big bucks uh today's podcast we're going to talk about uh, the basics of budgeting um and before we get into the basics of budgeting a little bit of podcast news one more time other than the youtube thing which i don't really care if you guys watch us on youtube or not um We have cracked, according to some metrics, the top 5% of podcasts for downloads uh, in the first week. So, how Uh, does that make you feel, Johnny?
2: That makes me feel great in some metrics. (laughs) (laughs) It makes
1: me Uh, feel like there's a lot of podcasts out there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, the, see our podcast on statistics and uh, skewed um, <laughs> distributions to figure out what, how we could be in the top 5%. <laughs> uh, but it is true that our podcasts, uh, some of our podcasts do quite well. And uh, so hopefully that you guys find these useful. So today, budgeting. Um, we're, so budgeting. Uh, We've talked about this in the past, um, many, many years ago, actually, uh, on this podcast. But today we're going to talk in depth about individual items in a budget and how they can affect your bottom line and just good insight into uh, ways to improve your budgeting skills and uh, free up money, hopefully. So let's talk about it from the top. So you've got your necessities, right? Your mandatory items, your non-discretionary spending, if you will. Uh, those things, I think a lot of people kind of just take for granted. They just fork the money over for the car insurance, the homeowner's insurance, the gas, the electric, the, the water, whatever it is. And they don't really think about it. Um,
2: well, dads are always thinking about turning off lights though.
0: Ah, there you go. (laughs) And with three fathers, (laughs) yep. That's right. Don't mess with that thermostat. Uh, <laughs> correct. But but beyond the thermostat, we'll get to that one. Um, let's start with uh, our friend, the internet, which by the way, um, we are all using right now, which so it's it is a necessity. It is mandatory. You're not Johnny is not using the internet. He is somehow connected to us digital online without in an internet connection. <laughs> Um yeah, no, the internet is um in most places there are multiple options. And this is I guess a general budget insight, of course, is see if there are options. Um uh, internet is a um it is still a space where there's competition, at least in the United States. There are usual multi- usually multiple providers. And when you look at multiple providers, you can then play off their, um, their desire to make a profit and to get you as a customer. And so what I've done in the past is um, you get a quote from one, you get a quote from the other, then you haggle. Um, and some of you question whether or not haggling is a good idea. Uh, the internet, so any of these bills that happen monthly, those are the ones you really want to go at because those are the ones that, uh, over the course of, you know, your life or, uh, certain years at a minimum are going to affect your bottom line, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars. So, um, the internet can be one where you knock off 10 or 15 or $20 a month, uh, with not really suffering any, uh, downside. So I guess as a software engineer, let me tell you. First of all, a lot of you probably wonder how much bandwidth do you need when you're looking at uh, getting internet speeds. Um, you see, oh, do I need one gigabit download speed? Or um, and the reality is, you do not, uh, <laughs> unless there's like eight of you streaming. Like game, either gamers or streaming video simultaneously.
1: Um, like mining Bitcoin or something.
0: R- yeah, that it, it. Well, that's that's processor heavy. I don't actually think that's particularly heavy on the bandwidth of the internet. Oh, um, okay. But the uh, uh, unless you have a very large household and all of you are constantly streaming movies or podcasts, um, <laughs> you yeah. don't need a gig. You don't i'm a software engineer i believe we have 500 megabytes up or down um so there's download speed and upload speed most of you probably do not care about upload speed so when you're looking at internet and your budget toss upload speed it's not important for most of you Uh, unless you are like a digit like a, a, a social media influencer or something you're not uploading large files to the internet and so upload speed is almost irrelevant to you um if you have fiber so fiber is one of the different varieties of internet out there right um the upload and the download speed is the same that's that's how the technology works it's a fiber line um but download speed you can cut it down to even as much as 100 megabytes per second and really not suffer at, any degradation in quality of video content or anything unless you have, like I said, three or four or five people streaming video simultaneously. Uh, Because really what you need is somewhere between 10 and 20 megs um, in order to stream a movie these days in high definition. And uh, at at least the way that most of these services are um, set up nowadays. So, um, questions about that? No,
2: No, I think that that's a good reminder too and also you know with these companies a lot of times they'll give you a big discount to get you to you know buy for the first year the internet and then they'll increase the price the second year knowing that um, people like me I'm too lazy to go out and like look for something else but like Carl's saying if you if you put in a little bit of effort And get a different um, quote from somebody else and tell your current provider what that is um, and that you want to cancel, they'll generally do something to try to keep you. Um, So it's just a lot, it just is about doing a little bit of work. And it's actually not as complicated now to switch internet providers as it has been in the past. It used to be a lot more complicated, but I think it's a lot easier now.
0: Absolutely. Yep. It's a, a little bit of overhead. It's a little a nuisance, but if you can take a little nuisance and you get $200 a year for a, a one-time nuisance of a couple days of having to switch the passwords on your devices, that's about all you usually have to do. So, um, yeah. Yeah. If you, you just need to, when you see your, your bill bump on the internet up to the, uh, non-promotional price, then you just go in and uh, you ca- either call them or chat with them and say, look, hey, I've got this other op- offer for, uh, from this other provider. Do you want to uh, match? And very frequently they will. And if they say no, then just ha- threaten to cancel. When you get to their, their cancellation team, they will match. <laughs> they will <laughs> not lose you. Believe you me, I've done it many times. And I'm a software engineer. I can't go without the internet for like a split second or I can't do my job so um but you've got to be willing to go all the way take them to the right to the edge and then they will be like they will they will cave okay that's the internet moving on phone this is another same type of thing many people don't know how much uh data they need for their phone so they just kind of take the i need unlimited um and by the way parenthetically and small aside Johnny and I may have gone on a vacation recently, and Johnny may have paid for uh, international roaming, which I wouldn't have done, but then it turned out it was actually really smart and super useful. (laughs) So take all of this with a bit of a grain of salt, but um, (laughs) the uh, phone on most of the time, it's useful to know, okay, how much data do I normally use, right? If I use, so for example, uh, I know that I use less than four gigs every month, with essentially no exceptions. Like I, be, and how? Well, because I'm on Wi-Fi all the time. So if I'm doing watching a video on my my cell phone or whatever, I don't. I'm not using data. If on you're on Wi-Fi, you're not using data. So you can check on your provider. You can go on their. Um, their website and you can see how much data you've used and the uh my advice is to check that and then instead of paying for unlimited scale that back down to whatever you're actually using month to month because the difference in price is usually significant um and so do that uh right away and then once again look for these you know non uh big providers um because they use the same technology, they use the same towers. Uh, you look, th- there might be some small um, degradation of service. I won't say there isn't, because there probably is. You, you, the way that the technology works, you get uh, in a non-main carrier. The people that actually own the towers are going to put your request, your, your phone, your your signal further down the line of connection importance. The reality is though, that almost never matters. I guess if you're calling your mom on mother's day, uh, like on peak hours, maybe I don't, I don't know. I've never run into it and guess what? That's what I do all the time. So, um, yeah, it's not particularly, uh, important that you have the most expensive cell phone coverage. Cause when you see those maps, when they, well, on the, on the, the, uh, advertisements online, guess what? You're not usually driving in rural Wyoming. So, it doesn't matter if they have coverage in rural Wyoming. Not useful, turns out.
1: <laughs> kind of uh, redundant, Carl, to say rural Wyoming.
0: <laughs> you just lost us all of Cheyenne, Sam. All of it.
1: All seven. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Cheyenne. I love you. I've been to visit. You're great.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so that's phone. Once again, super potential for savings there because some people spend as much as you know $70 a month on their individual phone plan uh in the United States I, I don't know what it is internationally I don't know what it is in Australia or the UK or wherever else but I'm I'm assuming unless unless there's a state cell phone uh, a state phone service you have competition there as well so same type of idea look at the options consider your the way that you use the phone the amount of data you use the amount of uh driving that you do um and that's going to affect how much data you actually need and whether or not you need service in between cities or whatever else so um yeah,
2: of course there's those people that are going to live in rural Wyoming Tim, <laughs> they're real people too <laughs> phone service too so I mean like keeping in mind um it's okay to spend money on something that is going to be helpful um for you so thinking about where you can cut corners and where you don't want to cut corners is okay as long as you're making enough money to afford those uh, those things that make life easier absolutely and
0: actually once i'm done like going through these items for for um the budget i want to talk about kind of the top line of the budget and that's the income and uh Just a quick teaser. I mean, we have some good variety in that top line number, even here on the podcast.
2: (laughs) So (laughs) what are you insinuating? (laughs) Do we have to call Tim's a top line? (laughs) There's no line at all. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yes. All right. Well, um, we'll come back to that. Uh, but yes, uh, that is very important. And, uh, all right. So internet and phone. Now let's look at some of these other, uh, your, your traditional utilities. Once again, those are places where you think, well, I can't cut. And honestly, you're kind of right, right? You can't cut water. What are you going to do? You're going to tell your kids not to take a drink, not to take a shower. Come on. Um, and uh, I mean, you should be obviously, cognizant and aware of whether or not you would live in an area where having a massive lawn is actually a good idea. See Southern California and Arizona drought. Um, (laughs) but, uh, the the water you use is, um, probably not going to be able to be changed a significant amount. Uh, you can look into drip lines. Um, you can look into, um, Well, that's about it, as far as I can see, about water conservation. Other than just being aware, once again, where you live, I live in Southern California. Johnny and Tim both live in Arizona. Uh, While we have had a wet uh, year so far, it's not generally a good idea for us to uh, just blow through the water supply. So we have to be cognizant of that. But that's independent of the budget. Um, But the other utilities are a little bit more uh, things that you can control. So electricity. Um, once again, I live in Southern California, solar panels are a super good idea. And I've, we did that years ago here. Uh, they're not as easy to make the, uh, the numbers line up in, in some other parts of the world, as far as the, uh, uh, the amount of sun that you get, the uh, amount of sunny days that you have, all those types of things. Um, uh, and then how the government wants to subsidize them and or the, um, yeah, the amount of time that you're going to live there. There are a lot of calculations to do with solar panels, but they are a good idea and can make a huge difference in your electricity bill. Um, and so we did solar four, five, five years ago here in in my home and, uh, where I have people that I live around that have said that they have four or $500 electricity bills Ah, uh, during the summer on the regular, um, I have traditionally had a solar uh, a electricity bill of somewhere between fifty and a hundred dollars, um, and so it is a significant savings. Um, and so electricity uh, solar panels is a good idea. Then there's what uh, Tim was th- or Johnny, Johnny, you said it, turn off the lights. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, yeah, kill the lights
0: kill the lights and and then the the type of lights you have right You have led lights it's going to save you some money um think about the appliances that you use how old are they if you're going to replace them can you replace them with a, a variety of uh appliance that is more uh you know friendly to your elect- uh, electricity um they have obviously more efficient appliances these days um
2: and so, um, that John? I just thought of in Arizona, and I think in a lot of places they have peak usage um, times, so you can actually get on a plan with the power company where you, you'll you get charged more for using during the peak usage times, but then you get charged a lot less for using power during the non-usage times, so you can run your big appliances that take a lot of power, like your laundry, dishes, uh, those types of things when the usage is low um, to save money that way Um, it takes a little bit of uh, you know being able to read a clock um, so there's limitations (laughs)
1: learn (laughs) it from a layman it can be harder to pull off in for example in in a hot area like arizona in the summertime. it's a little tricky because you know those peak hours for us are you know from three in the afternoon to six in the afternoon the hottest part of the day so it can be a little dicey. You, you kind of cool the house beforehand and then you, you just try to make it through and that last hour can be a little little toasty. But it, it uh, is a savings. The utility companies are motivated to do that because they have, it's, it's better for them when they have consistent um, usage and consistent demand than when they, the demand goes up and down. And so they are you know, they're willing to, you know pay to have you know more usage during lower usage times and less usage during those higher usage times to kind of even it out it's better on the infrastructure and and right
0: yeah yeah that's something that obviously we have also in southern california the, the tiered um pricing and also the time time of use pricing so uh Certainly something to consider and you have a lot of these appliances, your air conditioning, your whatever it is, your, your thermostat is are in a lot of cases nowadays connected, uh, Wi-Fi connected and or uh, has you know they're all pro programmable that that I guarantee. <laughs> so if you just make just make it so that you are cooling your house down earlier, um and then uh, you know kicking the AC back on after the, the peak hours. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing it to at the level where you are threatening your, uh, you know, your health and well-being. (laughs) So you also might have a spouse and or children to consider. So you can't always just say we're not turning the air conditioning on. But uh, (laughs) consider, you know, if it really is crazy, like maybe your AC units are 20 years old, maybe if you invest in your AC, you're actually going to going to see a return on your electricity bill, right? So while replacing air conditioning units is is pretty expensive, um, if your AC bill goes down a uh, hundred or two hundred dollars a month as a result of that, you know that's going to make a, a big difference over the course of multiple years. Uh, the other thing to watch out for is, um, at least in California, once again the um, uh, apply- the electricity company the uh, utilities companies often incentivize the type of behavior they want you to do. And so, um, they will actually give you rebates and, or, uh, you know, they'll, they'll pay you to, to invest in, in particular things. For example, uh, my family and I recently had to buy a new car. Um, we drove the other one until, (laughs) until we were warned that if we kept driving it, someone would get injured. (laughs) Uh, but we did get a new one, and we got um, what I think, by the way, I think is super ideal right now. This is this is uh, Carl's uh, advice for new cars: is a plug-in hybrid. Um, plug-in hybrids are super useful. They they get you kind of the best of both worlds. Uh, if if electricity is really expensive, then you can uh, use gas. If gas is super expensive. Plug it in and then they also obviously are good for the environment so we got a plug-in electric uh, um a plug-in hybrid and because we got that even though we got ours used because i don't buy anything new um the electric the, our company our utilities company paid us um for buying the car and so look out for those types of things there are incentives if people if the government or the utilities want to incentivize you to do a particular thing they'll often have money involved okay um a couple more items here so um car insurance 15 minutes can save you no just kidding they don't pay us any money um i'm not advertising for anyone uh do consider your what was that tim
1: oh i was just laughing at your geico joke there i dropped it now we can
0: uh Car insurance is something to consider. Uh, more than the company, and the company obviously get multiple quotes, but consider your uh, needs as far as car insurance is concerned. Uh, liability insurance is the most important. Um, but even in that case, consider what you are bringing to the table. <laughs> if you do don't have a massive amount of wealth, um, then your limits the the bodily image bodily injury limits your liability insurance on your car insurance can be lower because guess what you don't have anything that they that if you injure, so that those are i used to work for a, a software company that did car insurance quotes that's what we did um and so I'm uh, familiar with a lot of the behind the scenes car insurance quoting rates and things like that but uh the and and the terminology and all that type of stuff though. It's been a decade now, I guess, since I did that, but, um, bodily injury limits, that's your, uh, amount of liability insurance that the company, the, the, the car insurance company will pay in the case that you are found liable for bodily injury, um, I, to someone else or, or even to your own, uh, people in your own car. And, oh, I guess that's also medical payments, but, um, once again, the limits the, often they're state mandated, there's like a minimum that you have to have, but, um, if you don't have a massive wealth, then your limits can be lower because the whole idea is if, okay, let's say I, I, I'm driving and I hit someone and they are severely injured. They go to the hospital. Their bills are huge. Uh, the car insurance company, uh, has to, you know, pay and they, then they're up to their limit the idea is that I'm not particularly uh, uh, familiar with how frequently this could happen or whether or not it actually happens ever, but the, the person could go after you directly and try to sue you or try to get extra money from you. If you don't have any money to get, they're wasting their time. Um, so your, your limits can be lower if you don't have funds to get, uh, and otherwise get those limits higher, make sure you're covered. And then the comprehensive and collision, coverages on your car insurance, consider what kind of cars you drive. Are they old beater cars? Why are you insuring them like they are brand new cars? You don't need to, um, if they're nice new cars and you rely on them heavily, get them insured, but maybe check your deductible. Are you good with a $500 deductible? You, in a lot of cases, if you're okay financially, that's fine. Well, that's gonna be a lot cheaper for you than having a either a zero deductible or $100 deductible. So look at your deductibles, those types of things, because once again, if you can knock $10 off your car insurance, there's $120 over a year, right? So e- just playing with it slightly and considering your actual needs in car insurance can save you even if you don't want to swip, uh, swap car insurance providers. Um, mortgage, uh, uh, Johnny, did you have insight there?
2: Yeah. Um, something that I don't know if all our insurance companies do this, um, but something our car insurance company does where we do it through USAA and, um, they have other benefits of being a USAA member rather than just the car insurance. Like it, you can get discounted, uh, rental cars and they, ha- you know, they just have like other, things that um they can do they can they can also help you buy new vehicles um and uh, at discounted prices and things like that so anyway i don't know if all like i said i i don't know if all um, car insurance companies do that but a lot of these companies that you're signing up uh, and paying money to have benefits that you may not be aware of unless you ask
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good kind of financial and budget tip in general is if you're paying something for something already, see if there are benefits elsewhere that you're not using. Um, And that's, uh, yeah, that's really useful. Let me hit one or two more. And then Tim has um, uh, a story to tell us, uh, I think. (laughs) Um, Okay, so mortgage, that's a huge one, right? Mortgage or rent. Um, And I've been in periods of my life where obviously I've done both Not both, I'm not that kind of high roller. I've done one or the other. (laughs) Uh, And right now we own our home, so we have a mortgage. Um, Before that, when we lived in San Diego, we rented for a number of years. Um, Consider your, I mean, your mortgage, you have more control over, for sure. Um, If you have a mortgage, hopefully you've considered that ahead of time, right? You've considered, what is the rate I'm getting? What about my, um, you know, my, in the home and homeowners insurance that I have, um, all those types of things and homeowners insurance is a reoccurring expense and that expense changes and you do pay for it. And it, in most cases gets sucked into your home uh, payment, your, your mortgage payment so a lot of people don't think about it too much. Think about it. It's just like car insurance. You can do the same thing. You can. Get multiple quotes you can move from place to place you can consider what are my actual needs deductibles all those types of things so listen to the part about car insurance and just stub in the word home insurance and it pretty much all applies um so that's that's one that changes your mortgage payment yearly and then obviously the biggest ones are when rates change do you need to refinance uh if you bought in the last three years i wouldn't recommend refinancing right now uh, bad idea. But, um, if you are buying right now, uh, there's a good, you know, the, the, who knows where mortgage rates are going to go, right? Historically, they've been as high as, you know, what, 13, 14%, I think. Um, and right now they're sitting at about seven, six or 7%, which is about the the middle of the road. Um, but maybe they drop and when they drop, if you're in a, in the financial position to be able to refinance, that's ideal. Um, because then that makes a a big difference. So make sure you're on top of those things and aware of the, how the decisions that you're making about your mortgage affect your payment. Uh, and that, that those are things that you can affect with just good decisions. And, uh, you know, there's the, what, what is that insurance that you have to pay when you don't have a full down payment? When when you have less than like a 20% down payment, guys,
1: there's like a, yeah it's um DMI? okay that's it yeah uh, and what's that stand for something mortgage insurance it's mortgage insurance
0: right right yes it's a government having you pay to cover your own risk for them giving you money <laughs> uh which is kind of confusing because uh, whatever anyway but if you have 20 percent down you don't have to pay that if you don't have 20 percent down you do usually have to pay that but not always. That's uh, one of those types of things that you can kind of fiddle with, you can play with, you can haggle about, and say, well, what if you take that PMI off and you give me an extra, you, and you bump up my interest rate 0.15 percent or something, and uh, and and so then then it's a it's a numbers game for them, right? Then they're trying to figure out, well, is that going to end up being more profitable for my company or you? And so you're kind of you're playing off their desire and your knowledge of your future decisions, right? Because the PMI generally, you're going to, you're going to pay it down and it's going to roll off your mortgage within the first like five or six or seven years, uh, in a 30 year mortgage. If you're planning on being that home for 30 years and not refinancing, then they're going to end up making money on you. If you up your mortgage, uh, your, your, uh, interest rate in order to not have PMI. But if you move within the first, decade. Uh, and instead of having that mortgage insurance, you just paid a slightly higher interest rate, you're going to save money. So once again, it's just something to consider. Um, something else
2: about with, you know, mortgage versus rent, um, for, you know, like we thought a lot about this as we were students in different States. Um, and one thing that You got to remember as a mortgage is the least amount of money you'll pay for your home every month and rent is is the most you'll ever pay. So everything should be covered by your renter. Um, You have rights as a renter and if uh, and they should fix the things that break um, and do the home maintenance and all that stuff for you. Um, You know, if it's like changing a filter, you know, a lot of places will require you to do the small maintenance like that. But if it's anything other than that, like as a renter, you need to not do it yourself. You need to have the other person do it. Otherwise, you're dumping money into a house that's not yours. Um, And then uh, remembering that, you know, your houses can be a huge liability. Like a lot of money goes into your house every month. So just remember that like. And a lot of people treat it like a big asset and it's not always an asset for you. Um, So just thinking about like how much money is actually going into that and is it worth it? And can we live in a more modest home and uh, be happy? And I truly think you can. Um, So just remembering some of those types of things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of modest homes, Tim. I'm sorry. <laughs> you speak okay. the truth. No, Tim <laughs> has a very nice home in Arizona. Okay. Uh,
1: it's in modern. It's nice. Like a yeah, uh, no. like city mouse here. here. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of a country mouse. No, uh, Tim, you, yes.
0: You wanted to share with us kind of some insights into um, maybe some financial decisions that you've made, and maybe we can also share some anecdotal information that um, about you know, stuff that we've done. Um, but yeah, Tim, what uh, what tragedy have you uh, <laughs> made you make, led you to where you are now?
1: Yeah, well, yes, uh, gather round. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> well, no, and mostly this, uh, I'm just going to narrate a little bit to illustrate the point of playing the long game. And <clears throat> we we talked about kind of these all of these kind of small scale things you can do to improve your, your financial outlook. Um, but, I, and I think all of this is operating on the assumption that you're where you want to be financially and, and just trying to improve things. Um, if you're in financially difficult straits, or if you're just maybe young or at a transition and you don't know what's ahead, I'm just, um, you know, one of the best things you can do for your budget is to play the long game. Um, not just thinking about how can I save money on my, on my rent or, or on my car insurance, but how can I put myself in a good financial position five years down the road and 10 years down the road. And usually these are, are long-term things, finding a good career and getting good skills and training. And, um, but they require a little bit of planning ahead and a little bit of sacrifice now. So if you pay attention to that, you can put yourself in in a good position. So and I'll just use myself as an example. So and I was in college and I remember I was working 20 hours a week at Little Caesars, (laughs) making seven dollars an hour. And
0: um, you made seven. (laughs) I remember you making lessons.
1: (laughs) Oh, it was, uh, I think it was seven. Uh, maybe I started at less and, and got bumped up to seven, but most of the time I think it was seven. Plus free pieces on occasion. That was a <laughs> bunch of <Yeah>. college guys. <laughs> but I remember my, my aunt talking to me once and when I was living in, in her basement and and she said, Tim, why are you why are you doing this? You're killing yourself. Because I, I was taking a, a full class load and then some of, you know, it, it, some difficult courses and um, and, you know, doing this extra work on the side and, and other stuff as well. And it was it was a challenge. So I um, and, and in retrospect, I think she was right that seven bucks an hour did not go very far. Um, and but but the good news is I was playing the long game. I was getting myself a college degree to get into a career I wanted to get into that paid a good deal more than Little Caesars being a teacher. Which you know, Little Caesars wasn't paying me very much. If being a teacher was a significant upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> but but the the point remains that I'm doing a lot better than if I hadn't spent the time preparing myself, getting those skills and qualifications to get myself a better job. So if you're if you're working in in say you know a, a lower paying uh, job somewhere or something, sure d- work to to um, you know, make savings now and to improve your budget outlook now. But you might also look into what can you do in, in the long term to prepare yourself. Can you maybe do some studying? I, I have a, a family member who is getting some computer training to make herself more marketable and and find better job opportunities. Uh, and there's things, and I'm not even talking about college necessarily. College is a great option for for many people. But um, sometimes you can just go get some, some training on technology or, um, you know, go uh, take training to work as a technician in a, in a railroad, uh, learn how to weld or something like this. You know, find something that interests you and that you think you could enjoy. And, and then it may take some sacrifice of time and money. Now, maybe you have to give up all of your streaming subscriptions to be able to afford the training. And uh, you know, live a couple of years scrimping as, as hard as that might be, <laughs> but if you if you kind of have that long game in mind, you're um, then you'll be in much better position down the road. So make those sacrifices now, and do the research to find what skills and training and what jobs are out there. A lot of people just assume, oh, I'm going to get a college degree and then everything will be fine, not realizing that there are the vast difference in opportunities between some degrees and others yeah okay speaking
0: yeah 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 so for example johnny (laughs) so tim's a teacher and uh you know it's good work let's not you know uh make all teachers feel bad about themselves uh and some teachers some teachers
1: don't don't worry about that we already do so (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> you you can make a good living as a teacher. You can. Um, you can make a living as a teacher. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and, and it is good work. Good work, right? Like, I've had great teachers. Everyone's had good experiences with a, a teacher and probably a bad experience with a teacher before. Tim's generally the good variety. So good job, Tim. Um, however, for those of you looking to not... Uh, live the spartan lifestyle that tim has chosen uh johnny (laughs) tim was talking about uh moving from like working and kind of a lower job and and kind of planning for the future that seems to have been kind of what you did
2: (laughs) yeah um you know i i planned on going to medical school um and took a pretty long road to get there and there's mistakes that i made along the way like um I would try to save up money and then pay for classes so that I didn't have student loan debt. And, you know, now that I look back on it, all those student loans in undergrad would have been just a drop in the bucket compared to the medical student loans. So it probably didn't matter that much. And uh, I probably could have gotten through college three or four years earlier, um, which three or four years as at a, making a doctor's salary Um, and you have to think about it as not your first three or four first years but your three or four years prior to retirement um, that's the money that I lost out on Um, so you know like those small student loans could that have made me a big income if I would have thought about the long game Um, yeah it probably would have Um, I'm not saying that every single person that goes to undergrad and is getting a degree should go get a whole bunch of student loans and just uh, you know uh, live that way uh, I, I don't think that that is wise unless you have a specific reason you're going to college that's going to give you a return so you have to remember what you're in for and um, what kind of returns that's going to give you um, but yeah I, I mean as a physician we put in a lot of time um, and there's a lot of people in the medical uh, community, if you want to go into something medical that don't have to put in that amount of time. Um, so if you're interested in something in the medical community, consider other things other than just becoming a doctor. You know, that's a very challenging uh, way to get into the medical field. There's nursing and medical assistants and ultrasound techs and respiratory therapists. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of different type physical therapy, there's all sorts of different types of um, programs that you can do um, and different trainings that you can do that make you very valuable. Um, and there's even office staff and people that do billing. And my mom's worked in the medical field for over 20 years doing medical billing, and she's very competitive in the job market because she knows that, um, you know, those systems that are very complicated and try to, um, you know, I don't know how to say that in a nice way, so I'm gonna move on. Um, but yeah, so there's <laughs> thinking about the long run and uh, keeping the end in mind can help you make smart decisions now uh, for the future. Um, so yeah, there's things that I wish I would have changed for sure. Um, but i I eventually got to where I am, and there's something to say about the experiences you go through and and what that you know what type of a person that makes you. Um, but it doesn't necessarily help your budget to go through those experiences. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. But uh, but yeah, this, like you said, the um, you, you, both of you talking about. I mean, just long game, the idea of thinking ahead, and uh, and and with the reality with the budget, we're we're talking through you know mandatory spending, utilities, saving a hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars here or there. If you're the difference in salary uh, between someone that's got a high school education and a college degree, or a college degree and a, a graduate degree, is you know orders of magnitude, right? We're talking tens of thousands of dollars. There's there's no, there's no uh, magic word that you can say to your internet provider to help them give you ten thousand dollars. All right, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so. What about 30? Uh, I've heard that can work. Pretty please. (laughs) So, so, you know, and and of course, there are multiple things to consider when choosing your employment, right? Um, Tim decided that he wanted to be sad. And, you know, some people, that's your (laughs) decision. Sorry, I I can't help myself.
2: (laughs) Poor (laughs) Tim. (laughs) He's like doing such yeah. good work and working with the troubled youth of our day. Yeah. Hacking him around.
1: I will say this. If if you are considering teaching, just uh, consider carefully. And for, for all the joking we do about it, it is a challenging field where the compensation is not maybe at the Equal to the level of challenge. That doesn't mean it's not satisfying in many ways. And and um, I always like to think about the longest game of all. You know, I think about myself. You know, when when I'm on my deathbed and I you know look back and all the money I earned or have it doesn't really matter at all. You know, looking back on on a life you know of doing something that I felt mattered will be the most valuable. And so I think you know, keep that in mind more than anything. And remember, for for all the talk of money, um, your time and and the life you have is the most important thing to budget. And, you know, but yeah, of course, I think there's many of us for whom sacrificing your body and sanity in the public school system is probably not the best way to find satisfaction. So, there's a lot of ways you can look back on a life with fulfillment and satisfaction. So,
0: Yes. Yes. Different, different podcasts though, Tim. All right. Just take your lumps. All right. <laughs> <But not laughs> Don't lump- tell us how, how, how much better you are than us. All right. I might build software that only affects a few people, but it pays me well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, you know, the,
2: the whole supporting a family business, pish posh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, obviously uh, we've we have we've clicked on Carl for having 17 kids yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I only slightly outrank anyone on this podcast in number of children so um no the uh Carl, okay, so Tim tip what
1: double, I, will, I will make you this promise right now if you will have 17 kids, I will pay you <laughs> college expenses of the last five.
0: Tim, you've made me so many p- financial promises over the years that have come to naught that,
2: that uh, I, I guarantee I will not break. like i promise i promise you i'll drive safely i won't get in a car accident
0: yeah exactly tim i think owes us (laughs) two two cars plus like 15 years of interest
2: so save money by not letting (laughs) me
0: okay okay back getting back on the thread here budget Uh, the top line that is the most right and wherever you are right now in your top line, so whatever vertical you've chosen, or may, maybe you're still looking, right? So maybe you're looking at Johnny, and Johnny's a doctor, and you're thinking doctors make a lot of money. If you can find interest and desire, awesome. The, the, you know, that field is great. There's Like Johnny said, there's a lot of opportunity. You don't even just have to be a doctor. A lot of opportunity and a lot of opportunity to make a good amount of money. Um, software, where I am at. Same type of thing, less money, but still a good amount of money, and uh, a quicker runway, right, to get into the field, um, and and even teaching, where where obviously teachers generally, at least in the United States, don't make a lot. I, you know, if Tim wanted to move from teaching to administration and from administration to um, government, for example, like uh, you know, president of the United States, why
1: <laughs> not?
0: Um, there, there are, there are, you know, from the career path of a teacher, you, you can go if you want to affect your top line, your, your amount of money you're bringing in, you can do things. For example, Tim's dad, um, who was a lifelong educator, moved uh, from being a teacher to being an administrator um, and then decided that in order to bring in more money, he wanted to go international. And uh, that was a huge benefit to them. And they not only did they obviously appreciate the money, they also loved the experience. Right, Tim?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the, anywhere you are, you can affect that top line number. And if you are happy at the number that you're at, then you probably don't need to, right? There, there, there have been studies that show that uh, – I'm I'm going to get the number wrong, and and since inflation's may have changed, but it's something like $70,000 in in U.S. dollars, Um, that's like the magic number, where any more that you make per year than that uh, doesn't affect your happiness. Um, And
1: therefore, I I am making sure carefully to keep my income below that level. (laughs)
0: Um, and, 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 you know, that, and, and I don't know how they, I have not read that study If or at least I did, if I did, it was a long time ago, uh, as far as, you know, whether or not that's a two income household and they're assuming that you then make $140,000. Uh, I, I don't know all the, but there is a number. What, what I'm saying, the point is there is a number the, statistically, it's scientifically,
2: It's something around there, like $70,000 a year. And I don't think it's a two income house thing. I think it's, you know, you're. The the money that you bring in seventy thousand a year that mm-hmm. after doesn't matter as much,
1: right? Yeah, so it's the law so- of diminishing returns applied to income, right? Right. You, once you you're able to meet your necessities and and maybe some luxuries that uh, improve your lifestyle, at some point it it becomes us. You know, if I buy a third car, you know, what's it going to do for me? Right. right.
0: Yep. Yep. So, um, if you're at that point already, then, you know, maybe some of these budget things can be fun. They can maybe, but they're not entirely necessary. A lot of us aren't there. Right. And that's the whole point is, you know, look at your budget closely because that can help you leverage, uh, the money that you're making better. And it can also set you up for the future. And then also always consider that top line number. And if you need to go ask for a raise, you go do that, um, because you're worth a if uh, unless you're like a 16 year old person or 17 year old person just getting into the field, just getting into you know, basic job experience. If you've been there a couple of years, then know your value, know your worth, be worth something, work hard, and and then you know make sure that you uh, are are being paid a, a amount of money that is uh, appropriate uh, and and will give you the type of lifestyle that you need.
2: All if right. you're um, the, if you're the hardest worker in the company and you make the same as the laziest person in the company, that is not okay. Like right. you need to go ask for more money. You need to be compensated for the work that you do. Absolutely. So you unless do that, you, you're a teacher.
0: Unless you're a teacher. Is actually,
2: <laughs> yes. Then uh, you get yes. blessing <laughs> people's lives.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, p- teacher payment is, uh, let's see, Venezuelan economy.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Carol, if uh, if you could, when you upload this video, if you could have like a little joke about teacher's meter on the side and we could ratchet it up every time. <laughs> we can see what our tally
2: is.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not enough yet. It never will. It That's never right. will <laughs> be enough. Never <laughs> going
2: to hit <laughs> that bell at the top. Podcast. We're really offending them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last thing we're going to talk about on the budget, and the biggest part of the budget is your discretionary spending. So we talked about mandatory spending—that's those, uh, those utilities, your home, your and, and your food. And I guess we didn't really talk about food, but um, I, uh, that that because that to me straddles the line, right? A lot of people treat all food as if it were mandatory spending, and it turns out, if you are eating out. Every meal that is not mandatory spending that is discretionary spending. So, consider. Also,
2: don't eat ramen every day to save money because, like, (laughs) if you lessen your life by 15 years, that's not going to help you either. (laughs) Yeah, another mistake I made in college. (laughs) Yeah, don't. Don't. And look at them now, kids. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: this is, uh, um,
0: yeah this is also by the way um insight that you only get to learn from a layman not only getting budget you're also getting medical advice simultaneously so um
1: we could give cooking advice do you remember carl my my ramen noodles recipes that i would make when you're in college i that do good I stuff. Do. They,
0: I sometimes wake up in a cold sweat remembering your yes. recipes.
1: Some chopped cabbage mixed in some beans, and egg. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Really good. You can try it. I,
0: you shouldn't. We will never do a podcast on Tim's recipes. Um, Ooh,
1: that would be no. good. All right. I've got some, seriously, and then oh, merch. We can make a uh, like a cookbook. Okay. Okay.
0: And sell it. All right. Um. <laughs> But parenthetically before i talk about a little more discretionary spending tim's wife texted me some updated information so real-time fact checking she said the uh highest interest rate for mortgages got all the way up to 18.45 which
1: oh, by the way is
0: in- insane uh yeah so Wait, those of you
2: that's, that's crazy <laughs>
0: Those of you, yeah, those of you getting mortgages right now, feeling really bad for yourself that you're getting like a seven percent interest rate, yeah, I guess compared to like the two point nine nine it was a couple of years ago, yeah, that's unfortunate. Look at your parents or grandparents and ask them, like, when they were buying a house in the '80s, and then you'll feel you'll feel better. Um,
2: like buying a house on a credit card. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's an, it's crazy.
2: Eighteen percent. So. And yikes.
0: Yeah, wild. Okay, discretionary spending. So back to restaurants. If you are eating out all the time, I recommend don't. Uh, not only is it going to shorten your life, it's also going to crimp your budget. So, um, you know, be smart. Go to the store. Go to the grocery store. Buy fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, or, as Tim would have you do, grow okra in your backyard and eat it plain. Actually, don't even pick it. Just eat it like a cow.
1: Okra oh, is <laughs> such an underestimated vegetable. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. I like pickled okra. It's delicious. Yeah.
1: There you go. Okay, we're putting that in our in our cookbook. That's disgusting.
0: Have um,
2: you tried pickled okra?
0: No, and I never will. I <laughs> can guarantee you that I will never have pickled okra. <laughs>
2: When we go to Alabama, we're going to try some pickled okra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Maybe. First
2: thing on the list.
0: Okay. Um, Yes. Back to um, discretionary spending. So we've got um, all variety, right? So we could make this a very long podcast talking about all the different ways you can burn money. Be smart. Recognize that you only have so many hours in a day. And if you are spending money on the things that you don't use, you are lighting money on fire and watching it burn. Heck, you're not even watching it burn. At least there would be some – like ben- like you'd enjoy that. Like there is some benefit of watching money burn. You're actually lighting it on fire and leaving the room. Like there's, there's no benefit to this. So if you are – you have multiple subscriptions that you don't use, be it gym memberships, uh, streaming services – um, whatever it is like Mario, some of them can be starting
2: s- using the gym membership yet but we're going to very <laughs> soon
0: hey I, I everyone's done it right everyone's done it i remember having a gym membership and uh i remember getting a call from the gym saying hey mr christensen we haven't seen you lately <laughs> 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 what, would you consider coming back in <laughs> i'm paying the monthly they don't care right but they're trying to whatever. Anyway, it's one of those calls you just don't want to get. You're like, come on. I I know what the scale says, buddy. All right. I don't, (laughs) um, but yeah, everyone's done it, but, but be aware of, you know, those subscriptions that you're just, that you just have go on your credit card, see where that money's going out every month. Check your credit card statements, make sure that, you know, okay, this is where I'm using the money. This is the, this is something that either brings me joy. Happiness is useful. Is an investment, right? Because the, the biggest point in discretionary spending is that's money that you're using to, to enrich your life. Hopefully. Um, you know, so if you're a vacationer, great, go on vacation, enjoy that. Um, but realize that that will probably mean that you have to cut somewhere else. Um, and you know so recognize that's that it's not a all of the above it's a either or in most cases
1: and and if i could insert here that uh, that you don't yeah you don't have to think of it as an all or nothing thing Uh, sometimes you just can think of it in terms of i'm postponing something to meet a goal Uh, maybe i'm i'll cancel some of my subscriptions and memberships and monthly fees uh, for maybe I make a plan, I'm gonna cancel it for the next year and I'm gonna take all that extra money and I'm gonna use it to pay down a debt, pay off my credit card, pay off a, a auto loan or pay down my mortgage. And, and then I put myself in better position, you know, years down the road. And then I say, okay, now that I'm in better position, I'm gonna go ahead and, and pick back up those things. So, so it's not like, oh, I can't have these things. Sometimes it's just I'm gonna wait to have these things and and sacrifice that to meet a, a budget goal.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah and
2: that feels more rewarding than paying off a of debt. I'll tell you what. Oh
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: When you're like, yeah. like we don't have that car payment anymore. You're like, wow, that's that's nice.
0: That's a yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, you got a, a hundreds of dollars a month, and you're like, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: It's awesome. And what,
1: one one warning: when when you get to that moment, a lot of people experience what we call lifestyle creep, where you've all of a sudden got you know four hundred dollars more a month that you're making, and it makes you feel rich. And so what what you do is you start to to act like that, and you start to spend all that money. And pretty soon, that gets baked into your new budget, and all of a sudden you're not making any more progress towards anything than you were before. You just have more stuff hanging onto your budget. So if you know, make sure you watch out for that. And instead of letting that money get frittered away, turn it to your next goal. Always, always have a budget goal. Okay, now that I've done that, now that I've paid off my car, I'm going to turn that money towards paying off my house or I'm going to invest that money in my retirement so I have a, a better retirement account. You know. Anyways, always, always have a budget goal to be working towards and watch out for lifestyle creep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um Tim's also last... a
2: lifestyle creep. Say what? that again, Johnny. <laughs> I said Tim's also a lifestyle creep. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, <laughs> that's
1: what they you called, you called me you know. when I went down to the country club. Which,
2: uh,
0: <laughs> it's also what your two students call you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Get out of here, um, here you um, lifestyle creep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so so once again, recognize and and, and be very real with the lifestyle that you can afford very often people want to put up a front uh either that makes them feel better about themselves don't don't buy into that garbage be happy with what you can afford um and if you if whoever you're around doesn't respect that get new friends um yeah,
2: the, the keeping up with the joneses game is just going to lead to sadness doesn't yeah. matter
0: yep yep so just think as you're looking through your budget, as you're looking at, you know, lessons for the kids and sports and all those types of things, recognize what's going to enrich their, li- their lives, your life, what's going to be worthwhile investments. And, uh, and that's your discretionary spending, right? Make sure that you're using it and using it well. And, uh, and don't be afraid to spend money in the cases that it's going to be an investment in the future. It's an investment in, you, in your quality of life, but also don't feel obligated to spend because of some social, uh, you know, uh, limitation you're putting on yourself or whatever it is. So, um, make, make smart decisions. And, uh, we could go through a whole podcast about discretionary spending, but the last thing I want to say is just consider using interest in your benefit instead of, um, paying interest, right. Either it's going to work for you or against you. Your mortgage is always going to work against you unless you're independently wealthy, you have a mortgage. Uh, most people have a car payment. Eventually, hopefully, you can pay that off, right? And, um, and then at that point, you can save to buy a new car with cash. Awesome. Um, but outside of those things, hopefully, you can save enough money to not have interest work against you. Instead, take your money, either put it in uh, some type of investment account, right? Put it in somewhere where you're earning interest, where instead of, paying the bank 7% for your intro, uh, your mortgage, you're earning 5 or 6%. And all of a sudden, you're getting paid uh, for your money. So that will, once again, up your budget and the amount of money that you have. So take a look at that top line number, take a look at the mand- uh, mandatory spending, the discretionary spending, um, and, uh, and talk through with your spouse, your children, and have a real a conversation with yourself about what's making your life better and what are, where are you burning money? And, uh, and cut that out. Um, last, uh, last thoughts, Tim or Johnny.
2: Yeah, Tim, um, we, we have to cancel your charity payment. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think discretionary money, like, why do we make money and i feel like it's to have experiences right so that's what's important to me and if i'm have extra money and i'm using it to enrich my life in some way that's meaningful to me then i'm using it in a way that i should um so i i grew up uh you know in a very very modest home we actually had um five kids that lived in a two-bedroom trailer with my mom and dad in the in the middle of alaska forest um so very rural very small we were very poor like all of our clothes were hand-me-downs from neighbors um and um and so a lot of times when i go to spend money i i feel guilty for spending money and and sometimes it's okay it's okay to spend money and it's okay to do some of those things you don't have to feel bad about spending money as long as you're doing it in a way that is enriching your life in some way anyway that's the last thing i wanted to say
0: yeah absolutely thanks johnny tim
1: uh, sorry I, I lost my train of thought. i was just thinking about our timeshare of our wave running <laughs> <laughs> both
0: uh, both things that teachers do not have so we know you're yeah.
1: lying Right. Sure. I won't tell the story about how we uh, a bunch of us were at a timeshare and they you know invited us to like the little meeting to see if we wanted to in a timeshare, but when they saw my income, I was actually uninvited to the meeting.
0: <laughs> you were asked to leave, like in front of everyone. They're like, You you sir, you need to leave. <laughs> you don't belong.
2: Go live in a trailer in Alaska. <laughs> yeah don't do that not recommended but no. it did help our creativity <laughs> that
1: help that. No, all I, right i echo what johnny said it, all these things are I, I would say it's it's wisdom to be prudent and thoughtful ambitious um but it's also wisdom to to recognize that uh, the things that matter lie underneath the the finance and don't get too caught up in it all um it's uh, it's all ashes and dust in the end so uh, that's kind of grim almost but
0: you know uh, for for our youtube viewers i was i was crying just a little bit for you tim that's right that's just that was beautiful.
2: oh, uh... beautifully said tim.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> no um so hopefully this has been somewhat useful um uh, if only for the, the last hour if you have tuned us out but been thinking about your own budget then great Final thing, Johnny, I hadn't ever thought about this before. You lived in Alaska. The one area in Canada that has never listened to us is the Yukon territories. You have to have had, like, you know, people that you knew from the Yukon
1: territories. Johnny, we need you to drop more moose illusion. Yeah, come on. (laughs)
2: We've Um, got it. (laughs) They're probably a few years behind and maybe don't have the internet yet so <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> they probably downloaded Good. it and then their friend copied it onto a CD and in 10 years from now they're listening to this episode in the Yukon <laughs> territory so we have listeners there but it's in the future okay <laughs> we
0: have future U- yes, yes we're claiming it we're going <laughs> to it's on CD uh yes All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Tim. And we'll be back again next podcast. Next podcast will be with uh, Mick McGurr, our lawyer friend. He's going to talk to us about law, the various parts of law. So tune back in for that one and we'll see you then.